in a nondescript building with a tin roof in the middle of Thailand, we see a massive 12 foot by 12 foot Buddha statue made of cement. The year is 1953, and despite the statue's age of more than 700 years, its real potential is about to finally be uncovered. Of all the branches of philosophy, Stoicism is the most pragmatic and actionable. It's about finding tranquility independent of circumstance by understanding and mastering what you control and letting go of what you don't. This podcast is about bridging the gap between the beautiful, concise teachings of the Stoics and everyday life. Each week, we bring quotes from the Stoics that are meaningful to us on our journey to better embody the ideals that they taught, with the hope that seeing personal struggle will be universally applicable. On today's episode, we will be discussing what does it mean to live in accordance with nature. We'll also be going through Justin's epic struggle with croup, the difference between motion and action, and we have a special treat, a stoic reimagining of a breakup between Taylor Swift and Marcus Aurelius. Stick around to find out which song she will quote in the breakup. Yeah, you made it sound like it was a life and death struggle, and it was not that at all. <laughs> Though in the moment, it was scary. You're my hero. If there's any bumper stickers that I can put that say something like, I support Coopers or... <laughs> Pray for Justin. Yeah, yeah, things like that. The Well, the story behind I it... I didn't know you were a Coop survivor. It makes me look at you different. I'm glad. I appreciate the sympathy. Uh, The story behind it, about 10 years ago, a little less than 10 years ago, when I was 15 or 16, I had, I contracted croup, which usually only children get. So it was kind of a rare case. And basically what happens is it makes your throat constrict a bit. So it makes breathing a little more difficult, which is always a scary thing because (laughs) suddenly if it totally closes off, then it would make it very a much more intense experience. Yeah, I feel like breathing is one of those things that you kind of want to keep doing. Right. Amen. And so anyway, so that was happening. And before it got to the point where like my breathing was really struggling, it was kind of just a sore throat is what it felt like. And my mom in all of her, with her best intentions, has a lot of home remedies for situations like that. And so... There was an interesting moment where she was having me drink this lemon tea with some honey in it and I think some other things. I think some apple cider vinegar, although don't quote me on that. It's so strong. You should never take apple cider vinegar for anything. (laughs) I tried that for another little (laughs) It's just, it's bad stuff. Um, Well, anyway, so I was drinking this soup and she insisted it would be very hot as I was drinking it because hot she thought hot drinks would be the best solution and which I'm sure many times it is so anyway long story short the antidote to croup what makes the symptoms go down best and quickest is anything cold so drinking something cold or even breathing cold air really makes the symptoms go away and so as she's she's kind of forcing me to drink this like really hot lemon tea And my throat is just, like, hating it. And I can just feel it. But in some ways, it's hard to know because sometimes, you know, you hate the medicine, but you're like, oh, it's going to make it better. 
But this one, it was like, I, I could feel it kind of like aggravating my throat. And so to get me to drink it, my mom said I could drink some cold apple juice <laughs> if I drink some of the stuff. So I was alternating between this like super hot drink and this cold apple juice. And the cold apple juice just felt like this like relief on my throat. <laughs> and so bottom line of the story, it was just an interesting moment where my body knew exactly what was best for it, even if I didn't really know why or could say why but ultimately that was what was the best solution for croup and for what was happening and so relating all this <laughs> back, back to, to stoicism yeah. back to stoicism uh i wanted to discuss a little bit about to live in accordance with nature what we wanted to do at the beginning of this is is give a little bit of an explanation of what it means to live in accordance with nature because for the Stoic, it actually means something fairly specific. And so with the Stoic view of the universe is that there's a universal order and a rational structure that governs the whole cosmos. And so they believed that everything in the universe, including humans, had like a specific function and purpose inside of this cosmos. And so basically there's, there's two pieces to it, right? There's the nature of the universe and there's the nature of human beings and so what we wanted to to kind of explore today is what does it mean to live in accordance with nature and i think to to justin's point at the very beginning is is that inside of ourselves we have a really good or inside of ourselves we have an understanding of what nature is or demands of us or wants from us no matter how much effort would be put into making the hot drinks work in the story, it never would. And only the cold one. So it's kind of this interesting thing where like you want to put in effort, but you have to put it in to where it will reward you back. And kind of that's how I see like the nature of the world and the nature of humans. It's like the nature of the world will not change. And so finding within ourselves how to go, how to accept the nature of the world and to go along with that will just make our lives a lot more, I don't want to say easier, but I would say better and more fruitful. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because the world is what it is and it's going to act that way. And so I was reading a a blog article about this and from orionphilosophy.com and they were basically just saying, Trees are going to bear fruit in their season and rain is going to fall and time is going to pass. And it went on this list of kind of, to me, beautiful imagery, but nature will do her thing. And we, when we choose to, to go along with nature, like we choose to have the most beautiful life possible. And then when we choose to fight nature, right, we're just drinking lemon tea for no reason, like super hot lemon tea for no reason. Um, because, yeah, living in accordance with nature really is choosing the apple juice and like calming and soothing those things in the way that they can be calmed and soothed. Understanding ex- experiences without experiencing them is almost impossible. Because like, for me, every time people tell me about being a parent, uh, 
Well, okay, here's a better example. So I built an app, and we ran it, and we got thousands of followers, and it took us three years or whatever, and then we sold it. And so every time that somebody comes up to me and I explain what our app idea was or what our app was, uh, they said, oh, or yeah, they always say, oh, I had an app idea just like that. (laughs) I have heard somebody say just a similar sentiment so many times, and that's me having nothing to do with app development. (laughs) So I can't imagine how many people say something like that. Continue. Well, I I, I just just look at them and it's just like, as if having an app idea and having an app is the same thing, right? Like, yeah. The the uh, language makes the distance between those two ideas very short. Like, you only have to switch a couple words, but reality is a long ride, right? Like, to actually have something that makes money and businesses and employees and (laughs) all this other stuff. Right. And so, I really do think that's kind of this this gap that you can only find through discovering things for yourself and 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 kind of understanding the nature of the world and the nature of the self through action. Yeah, I think that is so well put. Just that language is just a short hop away from, you know, learning or knowing something and experiencing something, whereas experience <laughs> is a huge leap, <laughs> leap at a bound away from that. Just... The amount of people I've heard say, like, oh, I had an app idea. Oh, this would be so good and make so much money. Yeah, they've already made billions of dollars in their mind. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, well, if it does, like, it's so easy. Like, go. (laughs) Marcus Aurelius says, very simply, stop talking about what the good man is like and just be one. And I think it kind of goes to your point about the experience versus the talking about it. And I think there's kind of an interesting dichotomy between Seneca and Marcus Aurelius, who are the the ones I've most read. <laughs> but, you know, Seneca is very long-winded and writes quite a bit. And it, it seems like I need to take a few pages and condense it down to a paragraph to get kind of the main principle out of it. And there's lots of different things to take from it. But Marcus, it's always, you know, in one line, he says everything he wanted to say. And to me, he's kind of the embodiment of I'm always just doing it. It's like, I know what a good man is. Implicitly, I know what the right choice is always. And so I'm just going to live my life practicing that. Whereas Seneca seemed like he was always trying to gather more information about what the good man is. And it's a dichotomy. You know, you need to both learn about what a good man is and also go be one. And it's just interesting to see how they both focused on different things, but both came to a similar point. I feel like Marcus... He had absolute power, and he was still able to live as a Stoic from all accounts, right? Like, he was, like, one of the few, the very few, like, Roman emperors that was just actually good. And so I think he was a man of action. And I think there's there's a difference, which, I mean, Seneca's great, too. Like, I love Seneca. Yeah. Uh, but there's this idea that James Clear has that's motion versus action, right? And so motion is all about planning and strategizing and learning, right? Which are are great behaviors and and often necessary. But action, on the other hand, is the type of behavior that will deliver an outcome. So he gives a few examples, right? So it's like if you go to the gym and ask about getting a personal trainer, that's motion. If you actually step under a bar and start squatting, that's action. Hmm. And 
I think it's really important with Stoic philosophy and just philosophy in general to just to act like once you once you 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 understand a concept or you feel like you you do something then you act on it and then it's like it's through that experience that you uncover that you actually do know it right it's like Mm -hmm. it's the nuance of i mean your throat opening (laughs) right in the in the croup example it like you know how it feels because you acted and did something right and so you can kind of sense that the action like works but i don't think there's any like to marcus's point if you only talk about being a good man or woman then you you're never really going to know what it's like to be one it's that it's that difference between saying i have an app idea and i have an app and so i guess one question i wanted to ask you is why does it what difference does it actually make to not just talk about being good but to actually be good like why does why does that even matter hmm i mean i think it matters in the sense maybe we are overusing it but the croup example (laughs) (laughs) i like what you said about like you feel your throat opening or closing and so I see kind of the the motion is like, you know, weighing the pros and cons of what hot water would do versus cold water. And then action is like you drink it. And it's like well, I drink the hot tea and I could feel my throat closing more. And I drank the cold apple juice, soothing apple juice, <laughs> and I could feel my throat opening more. And so I see it as necessary because it's if you never have the cold apple juice, as an option because you haven't ta- you haven't made enough motion to even have that in the set of possibilities then you'll never get there mm. but if you never try either of them you'll never n- know for sure or have experienced the goodness that comes from getting the right one obviously all the good that you can do is left undone if you're only talking right like the the reason why it matters to be a good person is because good things happen yeah. Because of it, right? And it also, and the peace and tranquility doesn't come from talking about being good. It comes from actually being good. Something I like that you say a lot is it's about practicing it, you know, and it's easy to have the best ideals, but it's a lot harder to live them. And kind of a lot of stoicism is about practicing being a good person. And, you know, when something happens, you say, well, what an opportunity to practice courage and wisdom and temperance and justice you know and so kind of like how it always comes back to you know we see the world and we can kind of like maybe there's an internal dialogue of what would a good man do and you can kind of like weigh the options and get better ones and then you can go do it and strive and be the man in the arena so with that point being made maybe we should stop talking about what it is to be a good man and try to actually be one. So this is your quote. This is your stoic striving. Justin, what are you going to take away from today's conversation and actually do? So what I am going to do this week is I am going to practice daily meditation, which I'm sure you'll be thrilled about. (laughs) Bruce is a, we'll say a meditation aficionado. Uh, <laughs> Chronic meditator. <laughs> and I am striving to become more of a meditator. And I want to do that because I want to 
I want to connect with my own nature and I'm hoping that in doing so it will help me to not push where I shouldn't and not resist where I shouldn't. Yeah, meditation to me is like watching footage of your life slowed down, right? Like, you know how Mm. after a football game they'll just go watch the film? Yeah. And, like, everything becomes clear. It's like with meditation, when when you're no longer just consciously, rationally, like, moving so fast in your mind and you take an opportunity to slowly, like, oh, it's a thought and it's moving across my mind, right? It's like watching your thoughts in slow motion and, and like really understanding why like why it is that you think this way or why it is that you feel this way. And it's like allowing you to see things that you're, you're not normally going to see because you don't normally slow down and allow it to just be mm. and observe it. So I think that's I think that's a great uh, application of what we're talking about this week as far as living in harmony with nature. And is there anything else you want to say, Justin, or should we go into this much-anticipated showdown between Taylor and our lover Marcus Aurelius? I think it's time to get right into Taylor and Marcus's enthralling story. The title of this little interaction is called by ChatGPT, Reflections of Destiny. So for context, I'll, I will be playing Taylor Swift and Bruce will be playing Marcus Aurelius. And we'll be reading it as it is put in front of us like a movie script. <laughs> so interior, Grand Palace, night. Marcus Aurelius, a composed and wise Roman emperor, stands before Taylor Swift, a distraught pop singer in a lavishly decorated chamber. The atmosphere is serene, highlighting the stark contrast between them. (laughs) Marcus Aurelius, serene. Taylor, let us talk. Taylor, hysterical, tearful. Marcus, please, no. Don't do this. We can work it out. Marcus's expression remains serene as he speaks with unwavering poise. Marcus Aurelius, resolute. Taylor, I believe our paths diverge too greatly to sustain a lasting reunion. Our individual journeys beckon us towards different destinies. Taylor, desperate and hurt, takes a deep breath, gathering her strength. Emotionally. Marcus, it's just like you Stoics to dismiss emotions as insignificant, to detach yourself from the very essence of being human. Marcus maintains his calm demeanor, meeting Taylor's gaze with empathy. Marcus Aurelius, softly, Taylor. Stoicism is not about denying emotions, but rather understanding and transcending them. It is through acceptance and clarity that we find tranquility. Taylor, voice trembling. Well, congratulations, Marcus. You've achieved the ultimate Stoic victory, breaking my heart with the same calmness you govern an empire. Marcus's serene expression remains unchanged, but his eyes hold a hint of sadness. Marcus Aurelius composed. Taylor, I understand your pain, and I assure you that it's not taken lightly, but sometimes it takes tremendous bravery to acknowledge when something needs to be released. To hold on when it no longer serves our highest good would only be perpetuating suffering. Taylor's anger subsides slightly, replaced by a sense of resignation, whispering. 
Maybe I'm just not meant for the noble ideals of philosophers and kings. Maybe my heart was meant to be broken in the spotlight. Marcus reaches out, his voice filled with compassion. Marcus Aurelius gently, Taylor, do not underestimate the strength within you. Bravery is not exclusive to philosophers and kings. It resides in the heart of all who face the arduous task of letting go. Embrace the courage it takes to honor your own path even if it means bidding farewell to what what once was. Taylor wipes away her tears, a flicker of determination crossing her face. You know, Marcus, I once wrote a song called I Knew You Were Trouble. I guess deep down, I sensed the inevitable heartache that would follow. <laughs> Marcus nods, acknowledging the reference. <laughs> Wistfully, our instincts often guide us in ways we can't fully comprehend. Perhaps your song was a harbinger of the lessons we needed to learn. Taylor, slightly hopeful. Maybe, maybe through this heartbreak, I'll find the inspiration to create something even more profound. Marcus Aurelius, supportive. I have no doubt that your heart will evolve and touch the hearts of countless souls. Your resilience and vulnerability are your greatest assets, Taylor. They share a poignant moment of understanding before slowly parting ways, each walking their own path towards the future they must embrace. So that was ChatGPT walking us through what the what the breakup of Taylor Swift and Marcus Aurelius would be like. Wow, there was some uh, there were some zingers in there. Sure. <laughs> Definitely some golden moments. I didn't know uh, I knew you were trouble was written about Marcus, but it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Makes a lot of sense seeing that night through the lens of history, <laughs> um, which leads us perfectly to our final little segment. Now we come back to Thailand. The 12-foot cement statue of Buddha needs to be moved to the capital. With the renewed attention of the, on the statue caused by the need to relocate, one monk noticed a large crack in the cement which showed a glimmer of gold. Using a hammer and chisel, the monks began to uncover the largest Buddha statue of pure gold that had lied dormant underneath its facade of cement for so many years. With one final strike from the hammer, the last chunks of cement were broken off, and the pure gold underneath was finally set free. <laughs> 